Hey yo, uh, today we are talking about all things, this higher level of consciousness. And it was definitely a very long, drawn out, scary journey. And I can feel sort of the universal forces taking me back to that place. And uh, the last time that I came up to this, um, I sort of ran away and, and pushed myself back to my default state of like, Mm, tapping out and being overwhelmed and super unpresent. And while I wasn't the same person that I had always been, it definitely was a, a higher, more healed version of self. Um, whew, it was, I was that person. <laughs> and um, I can feel the universe pulling me back to that, that challenge of presence and awareness and I can feel my heart sort of coming to the same awareness um, that I had before this understanding that like um, there there is no going back and I like barely feel like I fit before and now you know going on this like final leg of the consciousness journey um I won't fit at all, or I will fit with who I'm supposed to fit with. And I think the scary part of that is I don't know those people yet, or I know them and they've been being brought into my life and those will become the people. Uh, and yeah, it's just weird you know like that's a whole new friend set and that's a whole different way of thinking and I you know hanging out with some of the old people who haven't made this transition like I don't, I don't get it I don't know how we could still be in that same place I still love you and I think that you're awesome but like the idea is conscious like a happy whole being in order to do that you gotta leave some of these old ways of existing behind and it's hard to escape those defaults it's hard to escape that hardwiring for sure so as someone who returned to that hardwiring and default method i can feel myself being pulled back to what I had learned over the last three years and probably back to this next step that I had been avoiding. Let's go. Welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast where we do dreams. And finding that alignment in season four has been very important because 
this is the truth of all the work that the death of a dream becomes. And rolling out the first book this season related to that sort of creates this journey and this pathway for people to recover and go after the things that they want in this life. It's moving people through this transition of something doesn't feel quite right. How do I feel my way back there? And I'm excited to be expanding that work in season four and to even be still showing up for what will be the death of a dream and all the beautiful things that we do to change the world together. We've gone through some crazy seasons. We've gone through some more quiet and reserved seasons, seasons of attack, and we're finally experiencing the first season of alignment and building. We have found a foundation and I am very excited to be building right along with all of you. Welcome. Wow, that was probably loud. Welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast where we do dreams. And I'm your host, but really just the experimenter um, of what it looks like to do your dreams and show up every day to continue that conversation, that research, that understanding of what it takes to go from I don't know what my dreams are. I don't even have any. I don't know what my goals are. My goals are rather um I don't what is what is the word? Con- consumer driven goals. Like all of my goals were just these things to buy a house, to buy a nicer car and what I began to realize is that the second that I accomplished those consumer driven goals I felt more empty than before. And then I would just decide, okay, it must be a more expensive car and a more expensive house. And it must be uh, more things, a nicer watch, a nicer bag, a nicer coat, a nicer blah, 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 and just keep upgrading. And I don't know. Like at some point... It was sort of like I was slowly looking outside of this life that I had created for myself and realizing that there's, there's no depth here. (laughs) Like, I just lived for trips to Target with my two girls and that, like, that wasn't it. That wasn't, that wasn't the only experience I wanted to have in this world. But I couldn't rescue myself from that until I had this look outside of this world and realizing that this wasn't going to sustain me. Like this was not going to continue to challenge and engage me in this life. And if I didn't do something, I would... just not exist altogether. Right? And so that's where I started. And that's where we are today. And it is so very 
complicated. I cannot stress that enough. It isn't like, oh, there was this book that I read and all of a sudden my whole life changed. Or there was this conference I went to and all of a sudden my whole entire life changed. And while it has been many books and it has been many conferences and speakers and podcasts and, and continued research, there was no one thing. There were a million little things and a million times that those things repeated. And so I know now that this podcast is probably a continued broken record. But what I know more than anything is that it repeats out of necessity. You do not get another message again because you are not meant to overcome or find a way through that. And that has been my biggest lesson out of all of this. Like, there is repetition in these things. It's not a coincidence that you are experiencing the same thing over again. And sure, they have different dresses or they have different names. They look a little bit different, but they're the same. They're the same. And I believe that you get these chances to overcome this in an even stronger way, that that is a part of your life journey to build your resilience, to build your ability and choose that more than anything, right? It's this active choice. It's not passive when you have acknowledged that this is repeating and that you are going to finally learn this thing. And I am excited to be in that phase. We're going to break that down a little bit further today. But first and foremost, we're going to go ahead and ground ourselves in our greatness. And my great thing from yesterday was sort of remembering presence. And presence, if any of you have read my first book, was a huge challenge for me. As someone who is like an accomplished multitasker, really great at getting everything done and no one knowing how, um, right, as a skill of ADHD, but also at an ailment of it. Uh, and so I remember like sitting in people's houses and supposed to be hanging out with them and like constantly being on my email and checking and making sure that I am necessary somewhere because I felt so unnecessary in all of those places. Like, and it only got worse as I started forcing my presence as it was like, oh, I'm really not important here. And I really never have been, <laughs> right? Like no one finds it important to talk to me. And then it's like, well, do you find it important to talk to anyone either? And then it's just kind of like, I don't know, like what a complicated thought. And, you know, to, to be, to actually be somewhere, be there fully there is sometimes to acknowledge and recognize that you aren't 
important there. And I think that's really the fear. Once we're fully there, we begin to realize either how no one else is or how people are and you haven't been for so long that you're no longer important in your existence in that space. Ooh, that is deep. Um, yeah, that's a heavy one. And, you know, wow, what a deep, heavy, great thing. But my, my great thing from yesterday was like, has been forced presence, getting back to what I knew in that first book. What I knew in that first year and now this second year, when I really forced that, like unnecessary forcing. <laughs> and I had never given myself that space. And I feel like this second reiteration of this same thing has forced me back to this place where it's like, remember, young student, what you have learned. And that was the importance of presence. And that is easy to leave behind when all of a sudden you're important again. I spent two years of people mostly not acknowledging me, thinking I was important, thinking that I required any attention at all, right? Because when you're failing at everything, everyone's kind of going, oh, that's awkward. <laughs> oh, she thinks she's important. And I don't know if she just can't see that nothing's working. And I'm just sitting here going, I know that nothing's working. But I know if I'm not doing something, then I'm not learning. And whether it's working or it's not, I know that this is an important part, right? And so people would just awkwardly conversate with me when I left the house and I could feel that. And so it became hard to even leave the house, especially knowing that you're trying so hard and falling so hard directly on your face. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You are terrible. And it was really hard to remember those things. To just go like, it was easier to see people for what they were when I was present. Because I could feel and hear what they were thinking and saying without them even having to say it. And so it became hard to go out and engage because I knew, right? I knew what they were saying. And now I know what they're saying, but they're saying much kinder things. And so 
then it's like, okay, well, we got to keep that up, right? Keep, keep up that pace, keep up with what people are thinking and seeing and stay in, stay with it. Keep, keep, keep going, keep pushing, keep, keep, keep this alive. Because there's a little part that's scared that you'll be back in that place. And here's the deal. I don't know that one is better than the other. What I will say is that my present full self is my best self. And whether or not that present self is successful, in quotes, um, that's still a whole person. And this person who's been acting in this new business venture has been fragmented. And I see that and I feel so blessed that I am early enough to be able to do something about it. We can fix this. You know that I didn't sell everybody on this person that wasn't real, that I wasn't capable of keeping up with. So my great thing from yesterday was just being present for pretty much a whole day. Um, and I, I haven't been able to be that in a while. Uh, and it reminded me of like the pure simplicity of just being there for someone, just being in that room fully attentive. And for me and my ADHD, um, my brain is sort of always trying to default to the simplest thing it can pay attention to. And usually the simplest thing is to do five things at once. That's so much easier than forcing my focus. And so we've, we've been in a focused state of mind and that has felt lighter and heavier at the same time, if that makes any sense to any of you. <laughs> so that's my great thing. Go ahead and take time for yourself. Recognize yourself for your greatness. Um, to continue exploring on this, I spent what was at least a year and a half, if not more, pulling myself up to a desk in my house all by myself. And it was, it was easy to not get distracted uh, because there was just, there were no distractions. It, you know, if you were just sitting alone in your house, imagine, but then imagine if you're just sitting alone in your house, how many distractions there are in your house. And so I, I found all of those distractions. It was sort of like this fun new thing. Cause it was like at work, 
There was always the cafeteria or a coworker or the next project or a meeting with a boss or a meeting with this person. And, and a meeting with that person might lead to me uncovering 10 new things that I didn't know that I needed to explore. And a meeting with my boss might lead me to uncover 12 new things that I needed to know and explore. And my coworker wandering over to my cubicle might engage me in five things that I needed to know and explore. And so there was this constant variation of incoming information. And when I came home, there just wasn't, but I needed there to be because I was used to operating at that high level of pace. And so what that looked like was like learning everything that I could about minimalism and then completely minimizing my entire house room by room, closet by closet, going through everything, eliminating all the excess and learning everything that I could to become a minimalist expert. And there is quite a bit of wealth of information of how I taught myself that strategies that I used to make that something that was doable for our household. And it was crazy, but it was all birthed from the fact that staring at clutter was a distraction and was a constant, momentous wave of task. I was constantly just moving our stuff, responsible for the access of stuff, right? Always decluttering and, and cleaning closets on weekends. Because, yeah, if you have 72 t-shirts, guess what? Managing 72 t-shirts, 50 of which you don't even wear, haven't even touched or looked at in the past 10 years, is a lot of freaking work. And guess how you outgrow your house? Well, 72 t-shirts becomes 83 t-shirts. 50 of which you don't even wear. Oh, no, no, no. Now it's 60. And it's like this constant cycle of overwhelm of things. And so I would, because there was no one there to distract me, I would find things that were distracting and look to eliminate them, learn everything that I could and get rid of them. Because I was sitting in the distraction. And so eventually I would get that all downsized, fixed and minimized. And then I would realize that I should be teaching people minimalization because that seems like a good idea. Um, and it wasn't a bad one. It was just like, there are some things that I had to do for myself and not all of those things had to turn into something that I would teach on. I did teach extensively on it as I was going through the process. And it was a very important process of all of this being something that I was capable of doing. Because here's the deal. If I hadn't minimized my house, found a way to get rid of the distraction, I would have been forced to probably eventually move out of my house and upgrade it. Because we would have outgrown it right? Because you don't physically outgrow your space. Your stuff outgrows your space. 
pretty soon you're looking around, you're like, I don't know, we don't have anywhere to put anything. And so we got to, we got to get a bigger house. And how are we going to do that if we don't make more money? And, and you're like, well, yes, we got to make more money. We better go back and get the extra degree. Right. And you're like focused on this goal and that's good. We want to have goals, but when it's this like consumer driven goal, it's empty because you're only going to get to the next house and you're only going to fill the next house with more stuff. And, and if you fill it with more stuff and then eventually your kids leave and then eventually you're just looking around at all of the stuff and you're like, okay, well, we got to get rid of this stuff so we can downsize. And you're just upgrading to downsize. And it's this like strange flow of human consumer behavior. And I was like, I can't, I can't. I am the problem. And so once I fixed all of that, it was like, okay, now I can work here. There's really no distraction here. And there was nowhere to run from the work. And that was like deafening. Like there's no excuse for you to not write this book. I would find a million, don't you worry. But once the house got done, once there was space for presence, once there wasn't this underlying wave of necessary accomplishment, and once I was present, we could do the work. And I didn't want to do that. I had spent my whole life being able to be distracted from having to do the things that I actually wanted to do. You know? There's always a reason to distract to lose focus. There's always something. And now there, there was nothing. There was no excuse. I was at like this, the deepest level of consciousness that I had ever been in. And that, in that span of time, when I was at that depth, of awareness. That's when we came full circle with what business we were going to build. That was when I came full circle with the realization of what my first book was going to be. But I was thinking in full lengths of time about things, fully working them. And not creating from this space of like, okay, now I'm going to go research a million things and I'm going to build this duplicate coffee. I was, I was connecting dots that my brain hadn't allowed me to connect in a very long time, right? Being distracted, constantly bouncing from one thing to the next. I couldn't sort of tie all of that together. And when I finally could, and I could really sit and think with uninterrupted thought, piecing 
that back together was like nothing. Writing the book in 30 days was like nothing. Because it was, it was just connecting dots. It was just going back through my own headspace in which I existed for a very long time. But I, I couldn't do that in the way that I had been operating before without slowing my brain down and remembering what it was like to work on one thing at a time. And my brain has been firing so quickly for the past nine months since starting this business. And even before that, I'd say we're at almost a year from when this business really started. And I started doing um, pop-up shops for local. <sighs> my brain has not stopped firing from one thing to the next, like at rapid paces since then. And I know that it's hurting my ability to really scale and complete this business. And I know what it's capable of. So I know that this is of utmost importance to get back to that level of consciousness and to the practices that led me to that. Because that's where all of this came from. And that was like a, a tiny window. I probably built up to the acknowledgement that that was where I needed to go for almost a year. Fully went there for probably eight months. And then sort of got to a depth that I was afraid to continue. And, and left. Like, yeah, there was stuff that was happening that I... I have never even talked about on this podcast before because it was like, what? You can get to that level? This is weird, right? These are the things that you like watch a YouTube video of or read about in a book. Like where you can go when you're meditating or in deep flow states. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> I got there and then it was like this very, and I have talked about this, this very deep understanding that if, if we go here to this next level of consciousness, you like you don't come back there was this very very deliberately delivered understanding that like this is a jumping off point and you have to jump and the result of that jumping means going all in and 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 going all in means you may not connect anymore. Like, people may not understand 
who you are. And I had already felt that so much. Um, and so when that was the understanding that I got to, it was like, I don't know that I can lose more. I already feel like I have no one that really understands me. And to leap here would mean to leave everyone. That's like crazy, right? To like get to such a high level of consciousness that you just love everyone, but you don't operate in the same wavelength. And I don't know that I'm explaining that right. And I definitely need to touch base with someone who has had this experience um, to, to better understand like what leaping means. Um, but I definitely know that the universe is sort of guiding me back to that place of awareness that I was at. And I don't, it's not like probably to uh, this like typical understanding you're going, oh my gosh, you're going to just like run away from the world. No, you're still going to operate. But from what I can see, you just operate above everyone and not like in a, oh, I'm better than all of you in like a, I'm not, I don't, I don't understand. Right. I don't understand the conflict or the, the drama or the, like, it just barely touches me now to where I'm like, what is the, why are we angry? Right. And so then I can't relate because I can't compute. Like it does not make sense to me even now. And so I know when I take this like next leap, I'll just be further in outer space. Just kind of going, guys, why aren't we just... And then everybody sort of is constantly looking at me like, what? what? Why doesn't this bother you? Or what? How are you just so even keel? Like, what's happening? What? And I'm like, I don't know. Because this would have been something that really deeply boiled and bothered me before. And now I'm just sort of like, meh. And there was definitely a phase within this last year where I sank all the way back to before pod. <laughs> because I had sank all the way back. No question. I was practicing the same things that I had been practicing before doing all of this work. And even the recognition of that and the ability to save self in such a short frame of time is remarkable. But I know that there is this like part of me that still wants to hold on to that understanding but I know universally I'm not going to be able to for much longer. 
As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you support any creative that is doing work. And that's simple. Just comment, like, share, review things for them so they keep bringing their art into this world changing it and making it a more beautiful place. You can do that with all of this work here. Feel free, share, review. I write and post every weekday just to help expand my own light in hopes that it helps expand others. And you can find me at hannahness.channel on all socials. Help follow and share and expand this work. And you can find all of my offerings and products at hannahness.channel as well. Change the world.